0: Hi, I'm Levi from WCF, Before we get into this episode of Faith Foundations, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. I am a co-host on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think Mr. Rogers meets Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style, and I think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org/podcasts. Also, did you know that WCF sponsors thousands of meals a month for children in India who are unable to afford any food? Please visit wcfoundation.org for more info and donate if you can. Now, here's the show. Today, I'm going to talk about faith. Faith in God I almost hesitate to use the word faith because of the preconception many people have about what it means. Many people assume that faith means gullibility. They think that faith means believing without evidence, or believing contrary to evidence. They say, if other people want to believe something that gives them comfort, fine, but not me. In their minds, faith is almost equated with wishful thinking. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. The Bible says that we are saved through faith. Does that mean that we're saved by wishful thinking? Definitely not. So what then is faith from the Bible's point of view? First, faith is conviction based on knowledge, and it is conviction which goes beyond knowledge— Just as a watch argues for the existence of a watchmaker, so, for a person of faith, the creation argues for a creator. We believe that there is a God even though we haven't seen him. We judge from the things that we have seen. The knowledge of the intricate living machines of creation, which we can see, cause us to have faith in a creator capable of designing this creation. The second part of faith is trust. Your children trust you. That's because they know you and they love you. They have learned you are dependable. They know that you care and that they may put their trust in you. So we have trust in God. We have learned to know him. We have learned to count on him as dependable. So the second part of faith is trust. Trust in God. Third, faith is faithfulness. You are faithful to your family. They count on you. You wouldn't let them down. Faith, then, means being faithful. It's not just a state of mind. It's a track record. Faith has these three elements. The first is conviction, and knowledge-based conviction that goes beyond knowledge. The second is trust, the third is faithfulness. Let's look at all of these elements in more detail. If faith is built on knowledge, then does it matter what we believe? Is it all right for you to have your belief and I have mine, even though they're contradictory beliefs? Is that the Bible view of faith? Consider an event described in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. It's the story of an encounter which takes place between Jesus and and a woman of Samaria. The Samaritans weren't Jews. They were a people with part Jewish blood, part Gentile. Their religion was also a mixture. Jesus and the woman of Samaria were discussing the conflict between the Samaritan and the Jewish religions. A central point was whether or not God had instructed people to worship at Jerusalem or on Mount Gerizim, as the Samaritan religion claimed. Jesus was uncompromising. He said, Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. What this amounts to, of course, is that Jesus said that the woman's religion was unsound. Jesus didn't say, You go your way and I'll go mine, and we'll both get to the same place. He said, in effect, You don't know what you're worshiping. Your religion is unsound. Salvation is through the beliefs God has given to Israel. Let's consider another passage. It's taken from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1. Paul was concerned that the Jewish people in the early Christian church were reverting back to practices from Judaism. Paul condemns it. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be cursed. Paul is pretty uncompromising. He isn't saying, you have your faith and I'll have mine, and it doesn't really matter that we have differences. In Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 10, he has some similar words to say about the Jewish religion, which was his former faith. This is what he says. I bear them witness, that is the Jews, that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, that everyone who has faith may be justified. How uncompromising. We conclude that the Bible emphasizes the need for truth in belief. Just as rockets can't be sent to the moon based on unsound mathematics, Neither can a man have a true faith based on error. So God invites us to prove what is true. The Bible says we are saved by the gospel. The gospel means the good news. It's the story of how we can be saved. It's the good news of all that God promises and how we can obtain those promises. Belief in that gospel, that true gospel, brings the salvation of God. Paul says in his first chapter of Romans, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, He who through faith is righteous shall live. So faith is primary, and solid faith is essential we must place our faith in that gospel which has been given to us. The second aspect of faith is trust. When someone says, Have faith in me, they mean trust me. Probably the most important chapter in the Bible about faith is in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. Verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. That is God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We believe that God is our rewarder. Our efforts will not be in vain. We trust ourselves in his hands. Jesus invited us to seek and we would find, to knock and it would be opened to us. Do you remember the incident where Jesus was walking on the water and he asked Peter to get out of the boat and come to him? That's trust. Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water and he started to walk. However, Peter's faith faltered and he began to sink. He had enough trust to start, but he lost his confidence and he began to sink. Jesus then rescued him. That's an extreme example, but it shows the quality of trust. Peter had enough trust that he abandoned everything that he'd ever learned, and he attempted to walk on the top of the water. So we must trust. We trust God's goodness, his righteousness, his promises. Those who trust in God will be rewarded. Paul says that God is faithful. In other words, God is someone in whom you can place faith. He is trustworthy. Faith, therefore, involves trust. God wants us to have faith in Him, faith in what He has said, faith in Him. I've often wondered why God chose faith as the basis for salvation rather than achievement. Why doesn't God choose the best people at accomplishing the most rather than the faithful people? I conclude that God is choosing people of faith because he can do something with them. Those who trust in God can learn something from God. Those who want to do it their way won't learn. But those who trust will do it God's way. They'll be responsive to his instructions, to his molding. God will convert them to the kind of people he wishes to create. The third aspect of faith is consistent with what I've just been saying. The third aspect of faith is faith in action. Faith is faithfulness. So you really can't have faith without action. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, many examples are given. They are all examples of faith in action. Abraham believed God, so he left his country for a far country which God said he would give him. Here is an old man who set out on a very, very long trip, never to return. His actions proved his faith. And everyone else listed in the 11th chapter of Hebrews is cited for their faith. But it was faith shown by action. Their faithfulness to God proves their faith. So with us, faith is only proven by action. That's why the Apostle James said in chapter 2 of his letter, Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. He is saying that actions speak louder than anything. The true Christian is going to have a life which is faithful. He will be obedient because he wouldn't want to disobey God. He will have love to God and to Jesus because he knows how kind they have been to him. He'll have love to man because his life is overflowing with what he has received from God, his faith in action. God is calling people of faith. He's calling people not to believe what they want to believe, but to believe what he's revealed. God is not a God of confusion. Fact is as important to faith as it is to physics. God asks us to know, to prove, to check, to consider, to reason. God expects us to search out the truth which he's revealed. The Bible is that source of revelation, and the gospel is the highlight of the Bible hope. Our conviction in the gospel produces faith. It's a life of conviction. It's a trust in God as the revealer, the one who has given us promises of the future. Trust in a faithful creator. Then our faith becomes faithfulness to him, integrity of action, consistent conduct, a dedicated and upright life, striving to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. In summary, We must believe in God. We must believe that he exists. We must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Faith is faith in God's message. Faith is faith in God as the revealer of his message. Faith is trust in God as one who is faithful. He asks us to be faithful to him, to live faithfully. In conclusion, Faith in the gospel becomes God's power leading to salvation. It is the power which draws us to God and develops in us a new creation of God's making and a new person to receive eternal life in the day which God has appointed